A few years ago in an interview, Rowan Williams, who is a Anglican bishop and also a poet and theologian, was asked to define God. And the following is his response, quote, God is first and foremost that depth around all things and beyond all things in which when I pray, I try to sink. But God is also the activity that comes to me out of that depth, tells me I'm loved, that opens up a future for me, that offers transformations I cannot imagine, very much a mystery, but also very much a presence very much a person. It is a risky thing to try to attempt to define the living God because just when the definition wraps itself up, God again goes beyond definition, beyond knowing, beyond language, beyond articulation. But Williams does an artful job of not pinning God down in his response. Instead of launching into a doctrinal tirade or a dogmatic treatise, Williams describes God as a depth around and beyond all things, a void, an abyss, a crater, a canyon, and then immediately ties that depth to prayer. For him, God is the depth into which he he seeks to sink when he prays. For Williams, prayer is a sort of participation in the life of God. It is the gravity that keeps pulling us closer and closer to the ground of our being deeper and deeper into the center of reality as we know and perceive it. Prayer is at once a sinking, a skydive, a hike down the canyon into the valley of our humanity. The Book of Common Prayer defines prayer as responding to God by thought and by deeds with or without words. When discussing prayer or God or anything related to the spirit realm, that invisible thing that we cannot see, we can too easily become preoccupied with explanations. Have you ever talked to someone who just explains things a lot? Are they fun to talk to? No, they aren't. It's not a good... They don't have good social cues around that, unfortunately. (laughs) And theologians tend to be explainers. Priests tend to be explainers, unfortunately. I can speak for myself on that. And we can become preoccupied with explanations and dissecting each of the subjects until those subjects are shadows of their robust selves. For Williams and other poets throughout history, God is first to be experienced and then believed in. Experienced and then belief, if any, follows. 
Remember his words from earlier? God is also the activity that comes to me out of that depth, out of that void, out of that abyss, and tells me I'm loved, that opens a future for me, very much a mystery, very much a presence, very much a person. From the depth, from the bottom of the canyon, from the void in the middle of our lives comes a message of love. That love is at the center of our existence, the energy behind our birth, the cradle in which we are held, even as adults, and rocked and hear those soothing words that you are safe, you are loved. How many of you have read the novel, The Color Purple, or seen the movie, or read the Cliff Notes? <laughs> I was a Cliff Notes reader in high school. Throughout the novel, The Color Purple, the protagonist, Seeley, writes a series of letters addressed to God. And not to give anything away to those of you who have not read it or seen it or seen the Broadway revival, which is awesome. But toward the beginning of the novel, Celie details for God the dehumanizing home life that she was experiencing day in and day out. And by the end of the novel, there is a growth in her character. And she addresses God in this way, quote, Dear God, Dear stars, dear trees, dear sky, dear peoples, dear everything, dear God. For Celie, the struggles and difficulties of her life transformed her perception of who and what and where God is. For her, God is beyond the constructs of gender and location and religion. For Seely, God is that depth out of which emerges a love that cannot be defined in neat ways. It is the God who meets her in her suffering. It is that source of energy that Jesus referred to as father, but could easily be referred to as mother as well. The God who was a companion on Seely's journey. It is this God who tries on an array of metaphors, constantly shape-shifting to meet our needs and show us what is possible. It is the God who spoke to Moses from a burning bush that was not consumed, who came to Mary and Joseph as a vulnerable baby who needed to be taken away to Egypt until Herod died, whose clothes themselves had healing qualities to them as we heard in the gospel. The God who promises to place over her ancient people, Israel, shepherds who will take care of them, as we heard in the, in the Jeremiah reading. It is this elusive mystery, this being beyond words, behind words, beneath words, playfully hiding from us and mischievously surprising us. 
It is this God who is very much a mystery, very much a presence, very much a person. It is this God who hears the cries of the oppressed, of people who go unhoused, who experience injustice of any kind, people who are on their sickbed, their deathbeds, the lonely, the God who delivers by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, who uses us in many different ways as agents of transfiguration for the world, a world dimmed by injustice and fragmentation of every kind, a God who longs for wholeness in our relationships, in our families, in our communities, in our neighborhoods, in our governments, even more than we long for them. It is this God in whom I invite you to rest this evening, sinking deeper and deeper into love.